Now don't get don't get scared and start turning off your radios, huh? I'm not advertising or trying to sell you anything. If the mouthwash you're using uh, is uh, not the right kind and it tastes sort of like sheep dip, why well, you just have to go right on using it. I can't advise any other kind. So. Welcome to Bacon, Beans, and Limousines. This is a Will Rogers Memorial Museum podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Crumley. Guys, and I'm Bart Taylor. We are down in the basement for episode 18. We're so glad to have you down here. It's me and Jacob, the usual, the basement, Will Rogers, a couple of mics. So this is my time to say sit back, relax, pop on those cowboy boots, and we'll see you in a bit. Thanks. Guys, we back. We're back. We're back in the basement. Jacob, where were you? Where have you been? I haven't seen you in a while and I missed you. I've been here in the basement the whole time. This whole time? Drinking coffee. I, uh, okay. Reading well, about Will Rogers. I think this is a lie. So tell me the straight up <laughs> truth. <laughs> Actually, we've been a little bit everywhere. We've been everywhere, man. And we've had a lot of things go on at the museum. Uh, this past uh, two weeks ago was Will Rogers days. Um, started about a thousand kids, didn't we? <laughs> Uh, it was about 600. Yeah, I, I round up usually. So eh, Close enough. <laughs> Man, Will Rogers Days, if you guys have never been a part of Will Rogers Days um, here in Claremore, we celebrate Will Rogers' birthday on November 4th. We kind of have a four-day celebration where we do events every day. We have This year we had a couple new things. We had a uh, Halloween event. We had That a, went well, didn't it? Oh, man, it was cool. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of, and we lot played, of kids uh, up here. Headless Horseman with uh, Mr. Ichabod Crane himself, played by Will Rogers. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty neat. And, Real neat. Uh, Bart, tell them about the uh, the frolic. Yeah, we had a, um, I believe it was November 2nd or 3rd. It was on the Sunday here last during Will Rogers' days. Uh-huh. And it was our first time. Um, you know, Will Rogers, we've talked about this before, did the midnight frolic on top of the uh, roof of the New Amsterdam Theater during yeah. his Follies days. So uh, the staff here, put together by Cheryl Daniel and a few other good folks here said hey let's come up with a talent show idea you know showcase talents some you know something along the lines of a you know old-fashioned vaudeville show or variety shows yeah sorts yeah Yeah. and it really you know we didn't expect a lot and we ended up filling out the theater packing it out we had alaska and maddie from the voice um they were actually on team blake yeah i I said team bart when they came up they didn't hear me they didn't think it was very funny maybe just wasn't a funny joke it's probably just not funny enough so (laughs) but we had um it was a nice big crowd um jacob what was your favorite thing about the talent show you think oh man favorite group favorite group i honestly there was two that really stuck out the bassooner laters yeah they were really cool the the muskets yeah (laughs) (laughs) to kind of give you some background i mean what what essentially we had we just had kind of opened it up to the community and just whatever people wanted to do to showcase their talents on stage, we let them come and perform on our, uh, in our theater and uh, gave them about four to five minutes apiece and just say, you know, hey, go at it. Have at it. And it was a blast. Oh, it was so fun. There was, I mean, all who, sorts of different acts. There were Who emceed it? I'm just trying to figure it out. Uh, so, some, uh, some Yahoo with uh, some cowboy hat. Uh, <laughs> that would be our, me. Our, uh, our great MC Bart Taylor here, he... Uh, 
emceed it, and it was it was just great. I mean, there was uh, probably about what was it, fifteen, ten or fifteen um, different mm-hmm. acts. There was uh, singers and dancers. Yeah, and with our tiny stage, you got to be careful. Um, yeah. <laughs> they almost kicked each other in the face several times. It's so. pretty funny. Yeah, but it was a great, great, great thing. I, it I really, really was. Enjoyed it. And I, and I know that we're we've talked about keeping that up as a, maybe a tradition and yeah. getting that going again after the first of the year here. Yeah, so. we want to try to get in the spring. It was a lot of fun. A lot of good times there. But, uh, yeah, so Will Rogers Days is a blast. Children's Day, as mm-hmm. always. We had about 600 kids. Or 1,000. Or 1,000. Yeah. Uh, up here at the museum, and it was, oh, it was it was just a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, keep uh, keep an eye out uh, next November. <laughs> yeah, we'll if you're listening all to this next year. If you're listening to this any time between now and next November, which we know at least 15 of you will, then uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time, okay? Because we're going to try to get this going good. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jacob, do we want to give him a little break and then dive right in? I think we should. All right. See you in a bit. Do you consider yourself a good American? I do, Jacob, I do. Do you like freedom, apple pie, and living fancy free? Oh, send me the favorites, lad. Then you simply must try Tewidian coffee. <laughs> Brewed from the first spring water of the Rockies and steeped in the mighty Mississippi. <laughs> the South may never rise again, but you surely will every morning you reach for Tewidian coffee. Tewidian coffee, 100% American. Have you tried yourself some coffee today? Tewidian coffee. All right, guys, we're back. Welcome. Um, as you guys might recall, we've been talking about Will Rogers and silent films. This is part two, Jacob. Yeah, last episode uh, we were talking about uh, silent films and uh, specifically when he started his own production company, Will Rogers Productions. Um. And this uh, this obviously didn't go so well. Um, he had lost a lot of money in that attempt, as we talked about last episode. And uh, so as a result, Will Rogers had to kind of go back to work. Um, he had to get a second part time job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and really, McDonald's wasn't hiring. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they were around back <laughs> then. Um, by this point, you know, he had been really soured on Hollywood in general. He. Uh, I guess, and that's that's kind of understandable. I mean, when you know you try to go out there and do something, and you just lose a lot of money and you fail, right? It's not easy just to get right back into that. Um, so he kind of uh, not wanting to uproot his family again. Um, the family remained established in California, but he just went back to work in New York, traveling, doing whatever he could to recoup a lot of his losses from the uh, from the uh, ill-fated. Uh, run as a producer right. uh, for Will Rogers Productions. One interesting thing about when he did, you know, he didn't want to drag the family back to, get to uh, New York while he was working at the Follies. Um, he lived in the Hotel Astor in Times Square. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was neat to bring up there. Yeah. And this is, this suited Will's purposes, as you go to points out. Um, the $2,000 a week sal- uh, salary gradually served to bring his finances straight back to health, as well as Paith started releasing his films. Um, where he recouped about thirty-two thousand dollars of some of his forty-five thousand dollars losses for for his mm-hmm. for the three films, right? Yeah. Um, by the time he got back to New York, um, this is nineteen twenty-one. By this point, uh, the Ziegfeld Follies of nineteen twenty-one was already in production, so he couldn't quite just go back to the Follies right away and have his same old spot. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah exactly. Um, it just wasn't possible. Um, but uh, vaudeville theaters. Um, Although they were facing more competition, 
um, obviously with with the film industry starting to kick off. They're still popular, especially out uh, in New York. They had to be um, on like their last leg there, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, you know, vaudeville still actually kind of hang hang um, was able to hang on until you know the 1930s. But um, really, it's it's by this point once uh, film started coming into um, popularity, vaudeville was starting to go out. So. Right. Um, Make way for the new mediums that Will would conquer. Right. Pretty much. But in the early 20s, they were still there. Right. And so he was able to actually uh, start working at a couple uh, vaudeville theaters. Um, in mid-November, Will Rogers played for a couple weeks uh, at Schubert's Winter Garden Theater in New York. Okay. So he played two weeks. Um, and didn't he get paid like a enormous yeah, uh, salary 80, for that? Uh, $8,600 for two weeks uh, worth of work, which according to a press release from Schubert... Um, was the highest salary ever paid a performer in vaudeville oh, up nice. to that point. So, I mean, that's not a bad salary for two weeks of work. So the guy that cleaned up the horse doo-doo was probably a little ticked that he only was making $10 <laughs> an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I doubt he was making that. But, you know, that's I mean, that's a, that was a great salary. So Oh, yeah. Um, you know, after these first few weeks, um, by this point he's actually able to <laughs> – you know, get out there and get started. Um, he was actually able to get back to Zigfield um, and get back on the big stage. And was he still on contract with the handshake, I would imagine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. That, um, you know, since – and that's a, that's a good thing to bring up too, Bart. Because of that great relationship that we talked about in previous episodes, he didn't burn bridges. I mean, he when something like this happened, he was able to go back to Mr. Zigfield and kind of pick right back up where they left off. Right. Um I bet he was a little. Uh, oh, I gotta start writing these big checks again. You know? <laughs> He's like, "Oh no, thanks Will for Rogers. coming around." <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, no. This uh, since he was wasn't able to start up with the Follies right away. Um, there's always the Midnight Frolic, which you know Will Rogers kind of made that show what it was. Right. Um, so he was able to start back with the Midnight Frolic um, in December of uh, 1921, um, and he would also. Um, on top of that, you know, the Midnight Frolic is playing in the evenings. He would perform a little bit earlier in the evenings at uh, doing vaudeville, things like that, Lowe's Theaters. Um, so he's working, I mean, all the Constantly. time. I mean, if you think about it, you know, doing like a matinee performance and a vaudeville show, for example, but also being up late doing the Midnight Frolic right. the night before. I mean, thinking about his material, yeah. working things out in his head. Try, and, you know, Will Rogers always liked to stay fresh. Right. I mean, he didn't like to reuse Use deodorant. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. He didn't like to reuse a lot of his material. Um, so, you know, he's trying to find all this stuff like all the time. Right. For several different performances a day. So, probably was a little taxing on the old mental capabilities. I, I would imagine, imagine so. I would really imagine so. Um, and even, and also by January, uh, Mr. Zigfield had put together a uh, traveling show uh, that kind of um, focused on Will Rogers, and it wasn't uh, called. Uh, was it the Follies still, or was it is the Zigfield Frolic? The Zigfield, it's like yes. a midnight frolic. Midnight Follies frolic. Makes. Essentially, what it was was the midnight frolic. who just made a traveling version. Okay. Um, and did Will have kind of his own area to do his own thing in this show? Oh yeah, it was it was all focused on Will Rogers okay. actually. Yeah, this was this was um, able to um, really just completely highlight Will Rogers' performance in this and no, that's neat. travel around. So it, it was good. I mean, he he had uh, he had some uh, good uh, good work opportunities, you know, in between 
in between silent film uh, gigs that he had. Right, and we'll talk about his lecturing circuit and his after dinner speaking too as well, because that's a big part of his his payday as well. Yeah, this time. Well, let's let's review that real quick. Okay. Um, I I was actually looking while doing research. I came across you know his um, uh, a statement of uh, net income for 1921, and you can kind of see all the debts that he had. You know all his. All his income, there's a little income statement there, and then all of his um, expenses right. for that year. And, you know, he had, uh, let's see, this is 1921. He had earned a total of $97,183.30. Goodness. Uh, 72000 of that was from Goldwyn, the Goldwyn Productions right. contract okay. that he initially signed. Um, but uh, <laughs> due to all of his uh, expenses, um he had only had a net income of uh, $25,000 roughly. Um, so if he hadn't gone back to work, um, you know, and, and not just relied on his, um, his silent film income, he really would have been really hurting sunk. You know, if he, cause he did a lot of work there in the last part of 1921 to make up for everything that he had lost. Oh, wow. So he did a really good job. And if, I mean, think about that. If he hadn't done that, you know, it was working almost, you know, doing several right. shows a day. I mean, think of where he would have been. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting, yeah, we might right, not, yeah. sitting we might right here podcasting now. in this basement here. I know. <laughs> we would be unemployed somewhere else. You know, one thing I was going to say, since you were brought up the uh, after-dinner speaking, yeah. that, you know, Will Rogers began to climb kind of back into financial uh, security um, by doing all these extra jobs, like you were saying. First of all, he, like you said, he went back into Follies. Um, Zigfield welcomed him with open arms, and so did the theater crowds, just like he had never left before. Yeah. You know, it was, here's Will Rogers. We know what he's going to do. Let's yeah. give him his appropriate amount of time and let's pay him double (laughs) you know (laughs) you know he would continue on this pace into 1922 um he would continue to form for the frolic um and then by 1922 he's also able to get on with the 1922 version of the uh the uh zigfield follies so he's back doing what he was doing before he's back and um it did that all through 1922 and um was able by 1923 um at this point, you know, he's kind of made the, after getting back on his feet, essentially, by 1923, he's thinking, you know, I want to get back to motion pictures. Right. He kind of made this made this uh, plan to change his career and get into that, because that was the future of what entertainment yes, was. Yes, definitely. And he wanted to get back to that, and so he ended up signing a contract with Hal Roach Productions. Okay. Bart? This is me. Can you tell me a little bit about Hal Roach? I can. <clears throat> after I cough. <clears throat> Will returned to California in June of 1923 with a Hal Roach contract in his hand. Um, he was supposed to star in 14 two real comedy shorts. He was going to be paid about $2,000 per week, yeah, um, plus a share of the movie's profits, which and is I'll, interesting. Yeah, no, that's that's a couple interesting things there. One, um, a share of the profits, which, I mean, that, that wasn't necessarily done at that point. Um, I mean, there's a couple examples of it, but, you know, it's it's one of those things that just speaks to you know his <laughs> the kind of star power he brought yes. during the uh, 19 early <laughs> 1920s cuz they knew that they would gross the money and then some right. you know might as well pay him a little extra so. and um another thing too uh, with Hal Roach Productions was you know he was still doing the Zigfield Follies and he actually continued to do the Follies for another couple of years right. even beyond this but Hal Roach was always very accommodating to Will Rogers and would say okay we want you to do x amount of movies but we'll work around your 
Sigfield Folly schedule. So maybe that it was is some, amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. So if I get in the movies, will you be able to work around my schedule? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, just we'll have making it, sure that's available. We'll just have you keep working weekends, things like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Can you fly me back? For the, <laughs> the state cover fly vouchers. Okay, yeah, they do. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to bring up um, in the Will Rogers Performer book. The lucrative contract made, uh, like you said earlier, um, uh, I forgot the contract name that you said, the Schubert, you know, yeah. you got paid the, uh, right. what was it, $8,000, a little over 8000 8600 8600 The lucrative contract by uh, made from Hal Roach the, made Will Rogers the highest paid actor, earning far more than sal- uh, most salaries paid to any other Roach star, including... Laurel and Hardy. Including Hal Roach himself. <laughs> Including Hal. Yeah. <laughs> Did Hal even get paid? Do we know? Yeah, no. Uh, his, he was, at, okay, so Will Rogers was getting $2,000 a week, right? Uh, Stan Laurel, uh, you mentioned from Laurel and Hardy, he was only making like 400 bucks a week. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hal Roach himself, uh, as a producer, and uh, he was only getting um, se- about a little over $1,700. So, you know... This this whole Will Rogers being you know his main star, he was making more than the producer was. <laughs> so that kind of talk that kind of speaks to his his uh, star, star power. power that he oh, was definitely. able to bring. Um, in March of 1924, we'll move on up a year. Hal Roach Studios notified Will that it would be exercising um, a right to the artist it had, B- basically um, extending his employment contract uh-huh. uh, that he got. Um, and around the same time, and this is, I love to bring up these moments in Will's life. Around the same time, he explained to Hal Roach how he was going to extend the targets of his burlesque, meaning, you know, the people he would, you know, satire and the people he would joke with and, and, right. and, and make light of. And he says, Will announced that he would extend the targets of his burlesque to include American politicians. So in 1924, um, he starts to really develop what we're going to see here in the next 10, 11 years uh-huh. from Will Rogers. Um, you know, I think his first movie that he uh, satired uh, uh, politics um, was the political movie satire going to Congress, uh-huh. which we have available here, um, in which he in- introduces his um, basically one of his characters he came up with, um, Alfalfa Doolittle and his political ventures. Oh yeah. Um, the political popularity of Will Rogers and his satires, um, was illustrated by the fact that the movie was shown during the 1924 Republican convention. They were showing the movie actually Uh in the place. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you guys aren't too familiar with the way, um, the silent film industry was at this point, they cranked these silent films out. I mean, they just like one um, contract for maybe a year. You know, you'd expect be expected to do like ten or fifteen films. Um, as or, far as kind of like Rogers with the fourteen. With yeah, Roach, you know, I mean, there was that. there was just a lot that they they were going through, and actually, that was one thing that Will didn't really. Um, I think we alluded to this at one point. Um, that Will didn't really like about working with Hal Roach, even though he was a great guy and loved working with him. It's just, just that too much work. A lot of it was um, the, the just the nature of the films. They were just yeah, kind we were of talking about that thrown together, and um, a lot of like visual comedy. And Will and that was the problem with Will Rogers. Right. Will Rogers' humor was in his wit and his commentary. Right. And so you know this this was a he wasn't Tom Mix. You know he yeah. And so this this whole thing was silent films was a little bit difficult for him because. You know, like I said, it was more of his 
uh, you know, the written word and his spoken word. That was what was uh, made him what he was. Right. You know, that we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, one reason he didn't like, you know, Hal Roach's films. You know, he said that he kept making him run around and making his pants fall down. You know, <laughs> yeah. so kind of just like you know. Just a goofy guy, yeah. Visual of the joke, you know. Visual sight humor stuff that just you know, and that's not really Will Rogers' forte, right? You know, that we and know. It, if you think about all of those old classic uh, comedian duos and mm-hmm. things, right? That's all visual, like the Three Stooges and Laurel and Hardy and Crumbwitty and Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was all that sort of stuff, and you know, that wasn't what was good about Will Rogers, and so, you know, um, and, and I'll, I guess I should. Um, clarify something here as we're as we're going kind of chugging along here bart um at this point in will rogers life um really ever since that point where he did the production uh failed with his production company from that point on he's doing things um very scattered he's doing a lot of things at once and so where with this podcast we've gone through and done things kind Mm -hmm. of um chronologically really from this point on we're just kind of having to go thematically thematically there's a lot of crossover here and so hopefully you know as we're going forward we can kind of go back and weave things together and make some sense of it but you know at this point you know he's doing um continuing to do the silent films he's also continuing um Ziegfeld Follies does the Ziegfeld Follies until 1925 and this is about the same time when he picks up the McNuck Syndicate in the New York Times well when he starts writing his his articles yeah he um really he's doing um He'd just done some writing before up in the early 1920s. Um, by 1926, he's doing his daily telegram all the time, his daily articles um, all the time, just every day. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things kind of overlapping here. And so we'll we'll go back as we go on each thematic episode. We'll talk about, kind of go back to the early 20s when he's starting his writing career. Because it will be fun to explore, you know, uh, aviation, you know, early aviation with Will and yeah. some of the, the big wigs he hung out with as oh, well. There. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, by this point, uh, Silent Films has, has um, I don't want to say this was a, you know, a complete failure in his life, but it definitely wasn't ever his real strong suit. Right. Um, number one, obviously, because when he tried to produce films himself, he failed miserably. Mm-hmm. Um and this wasn't really his area that really shone through. You right. know, it was um, his wit and his humor showed through in his in his written word and in mm-hmm. his delivered word. Um, so this was kind of just a means to an end. Um, it was a means for him to get to um, talkies, um, audible films, um, where he became a huge success. So, and obviously he's doing a lot of this stuff, as I mentioned just a minute ago, the same time as writing his newspaper articles and um, radio, right. things like that. So really, um, that's kind of where, we, uh, where we'll where we go to from, from this point on. Do you have anything else we want to add before we kind of wrap up? No. Um, you know, I want to tell you know that our listeners, like you were saying, um, the, the thematic um, stories of Will, where we can get into a little bit more of his radio stuff, yeah. maybe play a few clips oh, from yeah. some of the more famous speeches. Um, maybe even bacon beans and limousines. Yeah, where we get our famous name. Absolutely. And at this point, you know, it's it's kind of uh, since they're, you know, we can do clips from films and clips from radio that have that audio component that we can right. we can show you guys um, a little bit of why Will Rogers was so funny and likable and things like that. So it'll be fun. It will be a good time. It'll let's, be a lot. Let's of fun. try to make it as quick as possible. Yeah. And so we always have troubles. 
Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in um, to another episode of Bacon, Beans, and Limousines. Yes. We want to uh, thank uh, the Will Rogers Memorial Commission and the Will Rogers Memorial Foundation for making this uh, podcast possible. We want to thank the Move Trio Mm. um, for providing the intro music and uh, all the music throughout this. uh, That was me. That was a pleased grunt. That was a pleased (laughs) grunt. Um, and also, uh, this, this episode was, um, written by, uh, Jacob Crumwitty and Bart Taylor and produced by Calvin Frank and Bart Taylor. Um, the sources we used this week were, of course, uh, Ben Yagoda's biography, uh, Will Rogers, um, Papers of Will Rogers, Volume 4. And the Will Rogers Performer Book as well. And that was by Maturi, I think it was. Yes, sir. You're right. Also, Will Rogers in Hollywood by Francis and Brian Sterling. So... Well, did we even use... Yeah. I forgot to mention your goats. You and just, Ben Yagoda. You just did. Thank you. <laughs> well, guys, we do appreciate it. We had a good time again, and uh, we'll see you on episode 19. You bet. Stay tuned. Thanks. Thanks.